Man, I love that song. I love that song. Because it is only Jesus, right? It's always the answer. Uh, you know, whenever I'm having a Bible study with my kids at the house, you guys, can, can you hear me back there? I'm a little soft-spoken, so let me move the mic up. Okay, so when I'm having a little Bible study at the house, I'll ask my kids a, a question, and you know what the answer is? It's Jesus, man. It's only Jesus, right? And this morning we're going to be talking about the Word of God. Anybody know who the Word, what the Word of God is? What does it say in John one one? Go ahead and say it out. It's Jesus, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the same was in the beginning with God. And then verse fourteen tells us who we're talking about. It says, "And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us." All right. So this morning we're going to be talking about fuel for the Christian, for the enduring Christian. You know, Red Bull gives you wings, right? But we don't need Red Bull. We only need Jesus, right? So what's the fuel to the enduring Christian? Well, I'm just going to go ahead and give it to you. It's the Word of God. Because the Word is Christ. If you want to spend time with Jesus, man, you got to get with Him. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, we don't worship the Bible... But man, we worship the we worship Jesus Christ, and He's the very Word of God. And you know what? Um, that's the fuel that we need. That's the fuel that we need as uh, enduring Christians. So, man, I just love that song. So, if, if you got your Bible, turn to Psalm one. It's one of my favorite chapters in the entire Bible. Psalm chapter one. I was just talking to Bo this morning about just the passion that God has given me for for gardening and for um, you know I, I have a, I have about eight fruit trees in my backyard uh, now and I just love trees, man. And uh, this passage has always been very dear to me. And as as uh, gardening and all that kind of stuff has taken over my my. Any any free time that I have, um, this passage just it becomes even more dear to me because we're talking. It's talking about a tree, but Psalms one. What it does is it gives the enduring Christian some important insight into spiritual growth. Because first off, what we're going to see is how we must forsake the world. Right? It tells us to walk not, stand not, sit not. Secondly. We're going to see the importance of following the Word. And then lastly, if we have time for it, we're going to look at the flip side of the opposite of doing that and the result of following the world. Okay, so let's let's read Psalm 1. If you have your Bible, turn there. If you don't, just look on the screen. It says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sitteth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in the law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. And his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, uh, uh, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the, of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Let's pray, Lord. We come before You this morning. I pray that You would just show us, um, man, if we, if we want to live a, a life uh, of endurance, a life where we uh, not only just have the the faith, Lord, the the Sunday faith, but God, that we'd have a faith that that endures, no matter what you throw, what is thrown at us, Lord, whatever the world has for us, God, that we would just stand firmly rooted in you. And God, we need fuel for that, Lord. Any good fire needs needs a little bit of fuel, because without it, it'll burn out. And God, we need to daily stoke the flames in our heart. 
And Lord, uh, your word is that for us. So I pray that you'd reveal that to us today. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so, so what are we trying to say today? What are we trying to understand? What's the TLDR? Delighting in and meditating on the word of God is fuel for the enduring Christian. Right, every fire needs some fuel. Without a li- without wood, without without oxygen, a fire won't burn, man. And uh, and the word of God is the is the man. It, it's the it's the firewood of your heart, man. And the Holy Spirit is the is the oxygen that, that breathes, man. It breathes life into you, allows you to um, to catch to catch a flame, man. And so this morning, let's ch- let's look at this. First thing we got to get is that we need to forsake the world. We got to forsake the world. Because in verse 1 what we're going to find is the key to the to a blessed life. Check it out. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Again, we're going to we're going to de- define our terms. The word blessed here, it could also, it's also throughout Scripture, it's translated as happy. In other passages, the word blessed is translated as happy. And so blessed is the man could also, it, we could also view it as, man, you're gonna be, you're gonna be blessed, you're gonna be happy if you do these things. Are you looking for some happiness? In other words, do you want to be blessed, man? Do you want to be blessed? I know I do. We live in a society where, where happiness is the top priority. Everybody wants to be blessed. The end goal uh, for most people is just, to, man, what do you want in life? What do, they want, what, what do people want to be? Miserable? No, they, we want to be happy. You hear that? The lost man... Right? What do you want in life? I just want to be happy. I just want to be blessed. We go to great lengths to, to try and find it, spending countless resources on it. Whether that's time, whether that's our money, right? We we try to find it however we can. We spend everything we've got on it, thinking we can find it in the latest technology or in a new relationship. You know, when I was when I was younger, um, I used to be really into you know the latest and greatest phone. You know, I always wanted the new iPhone. You know what happens after you get the new iPhone? Another one comes out. You know what happens after you get a couple new ones? You realize, man, this was the same one that they sold me three years ago. It's just got more uh, more more pixels, right? More was it megapixels? It's just got a better camera. I don't even take pictures on my phone, man. Doesn't matter, you know. And people think, you know, if I just if I would just get a girlfriend, if I could just get a boyfriend, I'd be happy. Man, that doesn't bring happiness. It just creates more pro- more and more problems, man. And now, if the Lord's bringing a man or a woman into your life, man, it can be a huge blessing. But uh, man, if you don't have that relationship with the Lord worked out. It's not going to bring you happiness. It's not going to bless you. Because what all it does is it lets us down time and time again, man. And then it leads us to, to try and find happiness in the very next thing. In the very next thing. We ultimately spend our lives in pursuit, uh, on a pursuit that, that has minimal yield. Right? It's so ingrained in our society today that it is literally in our country's founding documents. It is our unalienable. I struggle with this word, man. Maybe you guys can help me out. Unalienable, right? Is that right? Unalienable. That's a weird word, man. Strange. Unalienable. Did I say that correctly? Okay. It, it ties my tongue up every time I try to say it. It is our unalienable right that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of what? Happiness. That's what your country is founded upon. Man, pursue happiness. 
Because that's what we all want, man. The sad reality is that although we live in a country that gives you the opportunity to, to pursue your dreams, we're more miserable than ever. Depression is at an all-time high despite our pursuit of happiness. Man, one of my, one of my good buddies um, is a, he's a, um, he's a therapist and, and he said since COVID, man, depression and, and, and suicide have gone up at such a rapid pace. Our, our, we're not living in a happy society. Just because we have the freedom to pursue it doesn't mean anyone's finding it. And what we'll come to find is that nothing this world has to offer will bring you to a place of blessing. This world, man, you can't find happiness. You can't find the blessing in the world. But fortunately for us, the Word of God gives us the formula to true happiness. It tells us to walk not, to stand not, and to sit not. So let's look at this. Walk not. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. So the first warning is to not allow your lifestyle, your daily walk, to be compromised by the counsel of the ungodly. Man, this is almost second nature for us today. We're given to the counsel of the ungodly without even realizing it. How many times do you catch yourself singing along to a song on the radio and you have no idea what it's even about? Man, it's just a good a good tune. And, and then you start thinking about what you're saying and it's just like, man... That's, I don't know if I should be listening to that. I don't know if I should be singing that. But, but it's, already, it's already stuck in our heads, man. And then the next song comes out and it's, it's, even, it's even more vulgar. It's even more, it's even more compromising. And when you finally realize what's being communicated, you're shocked. Well, welcome to the council. How about other forms of entertainment or media that suck you in before you realize that the content... Um, isn't what you should be consuming, man. We get so sucked into these things. Well, welcome to the council. Social or political agendas targeting young people, working overtime to change the way that you think, man. We're walking in the council daily. Our culture has so desensitized us that we have no real concept of right or wrong apart from the Word of God. Man, and, and this, this, in my life, what will happen is, uh, we'll, me and my wife will find a show, you know. I just, I read a book recently and I really liked the book. Somehow I got into reading. My, my kids love to read and I'm like, man, I, if my kids like reading, I better start learning to enjoy reading so I can recommend some books to them. And of course, after you read a book, man, if there's a movie or a TV show, Man, if it was a good book, I want to watch it, you know. So we, we, we turn it on and we start watching it. And, you know, you get one episode in and you're kind of like, I don't know, man. Right? I don't know. You're kind of like, you're walking you're walking past and you're, I'm just kind of taking a look. Is this something that we should be watching? You know, and deep down I'm like, probably not. But, man, I want to know what happens. Man, I want to know what happens. And before too long, man, we begin to compromise. We begin to compromise. We'll elaborate, I'll elaborate on that more here in just a minute. But we walk in the counsel of the ungodly at first in ignorance. All right, we're just singing a little song, man. We have no idea what it's about. We're just whistling the tune because it's a good one. However, that ignorance can quickly turn into a compromised mentality. We undeniably live amongst the counsel of the ungodly that we're called to reach, man. So I'm not telling you to avoid the counsel. I'm not telling you to completely avoid these people in the culture that we live in because we're called to be in the world, but just just don't be of the world. However, I, I, I say this a lot, and I'll say it again. You are to be the influencer, not the influenced. We live in, we live in a culture of influencers, don't we? What do you do for a living? I'm an influencer. That's not true. You should be the influencer. Well, it is true because they do they do have a big influence. But man, you, you need to go into your, your sphere of influence with the mentality that God has called you to be the influencer. 
Man, don't be influenced by foolishness. You be influenced by the Word of God. And you influence your friends. This is why so many believers today are almost indistinguishable from the world. They adopt the counsel of the ungodly instead of heeding the counsel of the Word of God. We have become the influenced. And so before long, man, walking in the counsel of the ungodly turns into standing. You know, you're walking by, kind of your interest is peaked, and now you're just kind of like, hmm. Hmm. Blessed is the man that... Uh, that nor standeth in the way of sinners, right? Be the influencer, not the influenced. This progression continues with standing in the way of sinners. What was once a casual walk has now turned into standing. This would imply a, a sort of settling in. You're beginning to get comfortable. Your interest has been piqued. And you're, and you're here for the show. You're now at the party dabbling in the life of sin. You were briefly flirting with the lifestyle of sin. Now you're standing in the midst of it. It's turned into a relationship. Again, it is not long before you make yourself at home. Standing turns into a dwelling place, right? Because the last thing is, man, sit not. Blessed the man, right? Nor, that doesn't sit in the seat of the scornful, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, is what the Bible says. The progression is now complete. You have no intention of going anywhere. You are now abiding in the seat of the mocker. The scornful, right? Those are the mockers. The scorners. They're mocking. You are now abiding in the seat of the mocker. As you sit in the seat of the scornful, you too may soon become the scorner, mocking the things of God. We see this played out in our lives again and again. Like I was saying, man, we, we, we started watching this show. Man, and before long, after one episode, we're just kind of standing there considering, man, should we continue? You know? And then before too long, that, that, that standing begin, turns into a sitting, man. We get settled in and we begin to compromise our, our, our values. Fortunately for us, man, in this moment we knew, ah, can't watch it. It's not worth it. But there have been times in the past, man, where we start watching a show. Season one is, man, it's good. It's good. Season two, man, it's like, hmm, that was a little different. But, we're, man, we're so invested in the story that we got to get to season three. And by the time season three is there, man... It, it, it just it, it is completely desensitizing us to the things that are going on in the world, and and we're compromising everything that we stand on. And I just thought, man, that's a picture of of this man. It, what started out as man just a casual walking past, it, it eventually turned into a dwelling place, and I've made myself at home. And this happens, man, with our friends. You know. They they invite us to a party, you know. And at first we're just you know we're just we're just friends with them at school, you know. We're walking we're we're we're, we're we live amongst the council. We're walking in, in in and amongst them, and and all of a sudden you know, and they they invite us, and so we're, our interest is peaked, and and so we maybe we we go once, and then we we get there, and we're like, man, I don't know. So we go home or whatever, and before long, man, we've compromised every all that we stand for, and we begin to sit in the seat of the scornful. And it's not long before we walk away from the Lord and we begin to participate because we allow ourselves to be the influenced instead of the influencer. And this is so easy, guys. You, you, you you're on an island. None of your, most of your friends, they don't care. Man, and lost people are going to do what lost people do. You can't get mad at your friends for being for doing lost things. They don't know Christ. Of course they're going to be smoking weed. Right? Of course they're going to be getting drunk. They have no hope. Maybe their life at home is in shambles. What, what else are they going to do? They don't know any better. But you do. You be the influencer. Don't be influenced. Because the Bible tells us, Blessed. Happy is the is the man. Blessed is the is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat 
of the scornful. Man, and this is this is perfectly pictured in the light of in in the life of Lot. You guys know the story of Lot. So Lot is Abraham's nephew, and uh, you know it's on your paper. If you want to go and read the story later, it's on your paper. For, for, for time's sake, I'm just going to tell you the story. He's a guy that he, he, he's, he's with, with Abraham and Abraham's like, hey, we got to separate. And the, and the Bible says that he, he pitches his tent towards Sodom. You know, he just, you know, he's just got his tent sitting in that, in that direction. And then before long, we find that he's, that he's in the midst. He's, he's, not only did he walk in the council, but man, he begins to, to, to stand in the way. He finds himself in Sodom. And before long, you know what he's doing? He's sitting at the seat of the scornful. He's in the gates. He finds himself with the, 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 you know, the, the people that are in the gates of Sodom, man. Uh, that's, that, those are the bigwigs of the city. The mockers, man. And you know what happens to Lot? Whenever God, God's getting ready to rain, rain down fire and brimstone on Sodom and Gomorrah? You know what his, his family thought he was doing? They thought he was one that mocked. They thought he was mocking the Lord. They thought he was telling them a joke. Because the world consumed him. And you know what he had to pay for, for that? He lost his wife. And, the, and then the story keeps going. It just gets even more messed up from there. Alright, so that... That's the, that's the formula to living a, a blessed life. It's man, you're walking not, you're standing not, and you're sitting not. Okay, so let's let's jump down to what we what we our next point. I got I got to skip a lot of stuff here. Yeah, read that story. It's pretty interesting. We need to follow the Word. We need to delight and meditate in the book. Because the blessed person, they don't do those things, but they do do these things. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And here's the result of delighting in and meditating on the Word of God. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season... His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Alright, so let's look at this delight in the, delighting in the Word. Let's break it down. What, is, what, what does it mean to delight? Delight, uh, or the, the Webster's defines it as uh, receiving great pleasure in. The Bible also translate that, translates the word delight as pleasure. Things that may be desired. Okay. The idea is that we would have an insatiable desire to be in and to know the Word of God. That we would delight in it. Based on this definition, there are no shortage of things that we delight in, man. I can find delight in just about anything I set my mind on. Man, I, I can find delight in, in guitars. Man, I love buying and, and selling and trading guitars. Or I, I, I more man, I, I would just get go crazy on that stuff. I'd get on YouTube and watch videos about watch reviews on guitars and get on the gear page web. It's a website and sell things. And man, I, I can find delight in, in recently in in books. Man, I, again, the bane of my existence is YouTube. Man, and there's there's this there's this pocket on YouTube they call BookTube. Some of you may know, and they'll just write like people will recommend books and. Man, I, I don't ever have any intention of reading all these books that I want to read, but I have intentions to, but there's no way I could read them all. Man, I find delight in a lot of things. We all have something that we receive great pleasure in. And for me, this, this, character, this is characterized by an obsessive deep dive into the subject at hand, right? So... Uh, Let's just let's just take gardening for me. Um, I've grown fond over the years of it. In order to uh, to find delight in it, um, I've I've been on a, a relentless pursuit to know the ins and outs of gardening. 
You know, I read the books, man. I talk to my dad. I talk to old-timers that have been gardening their whole life. Man, I want to understand it. The more I know, the more enjoyable and pleasurable gardening becomes. Right? Because the more the more time I spend learning about it, the more fruitful my garden becomes, man. Because I because I understand what I'm doing. I have a I have a grasp on it. I, it's not just uh, throwing something in the ground and hoping it works. It's tending, right? And the more I know, the more enjoyable and pleasurable garden becomes. The yields get bigger, which means more food to eat, which means more delight, man. I delight in food. This was a very uh, intentional pursuit on my part because I, I didn't. It didn't happen. I didn't happen upon delighting in gardening. It wasn't something that I ever set out to do. Um, it grew out of necessity more than anything, man. I got five kids to feed. I can't afford that, right? Out of necessity, I need a garden. Not really, but but it was out of necessity, man. I wanted I wanted to, I wanted to start making my own salsa, and the, and the only way to do that. Uh, and it, you know, my my dad's kind of. Mike was talking about this the other day. My mom and dad, they they have this the salsa, and you're not gonna. You, you just, it just doesn't taste the same without, you know, homegrown tomatoes and uh, homegrown peppers, man. And so out of necessity, I'm like, I'm gonna start a little salsa garden. And what? And it grew out of necessity, but over time, I grew to have a deep affinity for it, man. I began to delight in it. And much the same, if we are to delight in the Word of God, we must intentionally set our heart and mind in the direction of Christ, the very Word of God. The reality is that we will never find delight in the Word of God if we don't first, man, if we don't first know the Lord. Because He is, in fact, the Word of God. Dive into the book and you'll find the real Jesus, man. Not the one that was made up in your mind. I had this I had this issue as a kid, man. I thought God was like the moral police. I thought He didn't want me to have any fun. And I I just had these stupid ideas of God. I didn't read the Bible for myself. I just I just had these ideas from maybe from, you know, gosh, because growing up in, in East Texas, man, in the Bible belt. Everybody, everybody knows God, man. Everybody has something to say about him, and so you'd, I'd hear friends talking about God in this way, and I'd, I'd hear, you know, I'd go to the, the, you know, Christian Bible study at school that the, that some teacher had put on, and, and you'd hear a thing about God here, and you'd, I'd hear it at home, and I'd hear it at, at my, my church didn't have a youth group because we we didn't have enough students to have a youth group, and so I'd go to my friends' youth groups, and you'd hear, I'd hear all these crazy things about God, and I, it's all second-hand accounts, you know? But the pro, and so I, I developed this idea of God that was so false, man. This idea of Jesus that was not real. It was based on what other, what I had heard and what I was making up in my mind of Him. But you, if you want to know Christ, get, get in the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So if you want to know if you want to know the real Jesus, don't listen to the opinions of your friends that don't know him. Don't listen to the to don't listen to anyone but the book, man. What if we're lying to you? What if I'm not telling you the truth? You know how you can know the truth? The book. Every single one of your your leaders would tell you, "Hey, let God be true and let God be true and every man a liar, man." What if I'm not telling you the truth? You can find it. You, you, you can find it for yourself. So you need to, you need to, we need to begin to develop a delight in the Word of God. This is the real issue. We do not delight in the Word of God because we do not know the Word of God, the God of the Word. We have a perverted view of God. And as a result, we have no desire for the Word of God. But here's the thing, as we begin to know the Word of God, we will have an innate desire to know, or as we begin to know the God of the Word, we'll have an innate desire to know the Word of God. What used to be a slog will turn into a passion and a delight. What used to be a necessity, man, it will begin to become something that we delight in. As, 
Ask God to give you a desire to delight in the Word of God. Man, I can guarantee you that's you're asking according to His will. Ask and you shall receive. That's a, that's a prayer that I guarantee you He will answer. Man, ask the Lord to give you a delight. But here's the thing. After you ask Him, put your nose in the book. He's not gonna. He's not. He's not gonna twist your arm and make you open that book. That's on you. All right. The next thing we got to do is we got to meditate on the Word. What is, what is it? What is meditation? What does it mean to meditate? Do we, do we like, um, you know, we do that kind of stuff? I mean, you can. You can't. I mean, you can if that helps you. If that helps you chew on the book, you, you can do that kind of stuff. But it might be kind of distracting. I don't do that. So let's talk about it. A key way that we can learn to delight in the Word of God is through meditating on the book. Right? But His delight is in the law of the Lord. And in His law doth He meditate day and night. Right? In Psalm 119.97, he says, David says, Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. I know what you're thinking. Mason, I'm not that spiritual. Right? Or, man, I, I, don't, got, I don't got time for that. I, I get it, man. But, you, you know, we got to make time for it. The reality is we don't have time not to. Meditation is an important aspect of the Christian life that is unfortunately lost in our fast-paced society. You know, when's the last time that you really took the time to assess what what's truly going on in your heart and in your mind? When you took inventory on what God's doing, or, or or what you've been going through and how it's affecting your life, man. A lot of times, you know what we do whenever whenever something crazy is going on in our life, man. We flip on the TV and we get we pacify ourselves. You know, my daughter. When she, when she was a baby, you know, whenever she was a newborn, you know, you put a little pacifier in her mouth so she wouldn't wouldn't cry. You wouldn't be thinking about what what you know. Wouldn't be thinking about eating or whatever. You know what we do when when, when life gets hard? We just start sucking on our pasty. We turn on our phone or we we turn on the TV and we we get out of this world. You know, we don't even need drugs for that. We just we just pacify ourselves instead of dealing with what's going on in our life. Man, we need to get. We need to begin to to meditate on the Word, and allow God to to counsel us, man, to give us what we need to help us work through life's issues. To meditate means to dwell on anything in thought, to contemplate, to turn or revolve any subject in the mind. This means that you're in your head. You're not trying to escape it. Specifically, you've got the Word of God turning around in your head. Okay, a lot. Of, you know, you hear these meditation apps today, and you know what they're trying to tell you to do—to empty your mind. You know what the Bible tells you to do? His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in the, uh, and in His law doth He meditate day and night. We're meditating on what God said, not on nothing. We're not trying to be absent-minded. We're trying to be present in the, in, with what God's telling us. Okay, so let's think about a cow. A cow digest his the, the digestion system of a cow is pretty pretty wild. But I think, man, I had a friend from Colombia one time tell me that he he said, man, we the way I think about meditation is like a cow and how it digests its food. Cows are unironically uh, scientifically scientifically classed as Rumin, a, a ruminant, you know, rumination. Like, it's interesting. That's what they're classified as. Rumination is like stewing over something. It's like chewing on it. That's probably where we get that term from, from a cow. Man, cows are a little more sophisticated than you thought, apparently. What, they have four chambers of the stomach. They chew on their food one time, and as it goes down the first chamber of their stomach... Uh, the cud will come back up so that they can chew on it some more. And they chew some more, and then it goes back down even further, and, and, and it goes you know, down to, to all four chambers, and it comes back up until they can properly digest their food. 
This, this allows them to suck every ounce of nutrition out of that food. Man, they're super efficient. And they get everything. They don't waste it. They're constantly chewing and breaking down their food so that they can uh, do something with it, man. If they can't digest it, they can't do anything with it. This is called rumination. Are you ruminating on, over the Word of God? Man, as you brush your teeth... What a boring! What, how boring is it? You're just standing there. Man, don't just look at yourself. Meditate on the book. As you pump your gas. Some of you have cars. Man, meditate on it. As you're walking to class. You know, you don't have... You're not, maybe your friend, you, you've got a class and you don't have any friends going in that class with you. Meditate on the book. You're walking your dog. That's my favorite time to do it. You know, you know what I've got to do when I when I walk my dog. I love music. I love podcasts. But what I what I have to do is I pull my phone out and I tell my wife I'm going to take the dog on a walk. You're not going to be able to get a hold of me for a little bit, you know. Because if I don't, man, I'm going to pacify myself. I'm not going to I'm not going to allow God to speak to me because I'm I'm filling my mind with with things to not think about what's going on in my life. So I've got to leave my phone at home and I'll take my dog on a walk and just, man, meditate on what God's been showing me for the day. And this leads us to the logical question. Why should we delight in the Word of God? Why meditate on the book? Well, verse 3, you know, what's cool about the Bible is that, you know, like if you just stop right there, it's kind of like, okay, we should do it. But verse 3 gives us the answer as to why. Okay? If you just keep reading, you'll get the answer. You know, in in, uh, in Revelation, it talks about stars and and candles and all this stuff. And and if you just stop reading there, you're like, what the heck are we talking about? But then later on, it tells you tells you what the stars are. You know, like the Bible will tell you if you just keep reading it. It it, it defines itself, man. And verse three tells us here's why we should do that. Because if you delight in and meditate on the Word of God. Man, you're going to be like a tree. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Listen, if you delight in and meditate on the Word of God, you're going to be like a tree that is firmly rooted. And whatever you do, you're going to prosper. And you're going to be fruitful in your season. Man, this is if you want to, if you want to start meditating on the Word of God, meditate on this, man. Whenever whenever I was meditating on this passage, getting getting ready to preach it, you know, um, just uh, you know, I was working through these messages. I live next to a creek, you know, it's not a river, but I live next to a creek, and there are trees all up and down this creek, and so I'm walking my dog, and I'm looking at the root system of these of these trees, man. And and I'm just meditating on, man, I want to be like that tree because these trees, man, they're they've got all that they need. They've got all they've got all the water they could possibly need. You know, because plants need they need nutrition, they need proper nutrition and and they need water, and they've got all the nutrition they need. Because in a river, man, uh, one of the best plant foods you can give, uh, organic plant foods, is like fish emulsions, right? Fish poop, right? Dead fish, that kind of stuff. You know what a river's full of? It's full of fish. Man, it's got constant fertilization. It's got it's got all the nutrition that it needs, and it's on a, it's on an endless supply. It's an endless supply. And the Word of God is an endless supply of, of nutrition. It, it it is the word of life, man. It, it's 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 all that we need to be fruitful and prosperous in whatsoever you do, man. This is the fuel to the enduring Christian. This is the fuel, man. I don't know how I put John 15 in every one of my messages, but I did. So you can read that on your own time. I really don't know how I did that. You think I'd be paying attention? The Lord has a lot to tell us there. And so, what's the result of if we decide, you know what, I, I'm smarter than God? 
This is, this is what the Bible tells us. This is the result of following the world. Listen, you're not smarter than God. He made you. I always tell, I always tell my students this, man. If you, let's, let's start with the baseline that God's real. Okay, you don't have to believe that if you don't want to. That's between you and God. But, but let's just, for the sake of this argument, God, God's real. And if God's real, then you would believe that He made you. And as someone that made you, don't you think that the one that made you knows what makes you tick? Knows what you need and what you don't need? Of course, if God made you, He knows exactly. The in, he knows you inside and out. He knows everything, uh, that, that all the things that we need to do to, to, to thrive in life. He knows the things that we should avoid because they're bad for us. And they lead to, to the, the destruction of ourselves. And so we'd be wise to heed the counsel that He gave us in His Word. It's pretty stupid not to not to obey it, man. So I'm an, you know I'm pretty dumb, but man, I try really hard. Like I, if we would just get that, man. God made you, and He knows what's best for you. So just take Him at His word, man. Just get full of faith and believe it, and begin to live it out. And your life would be. I'm not telling you your life's going to be a bed of roses. But you're going to live a life of joy and peace, even in the midst of the craziness that's going on. So here's the result of if you think you know better than God. The ungodly are not so, man. They're not going to prosper in whatever they do. They're not going to be fruitful. Here's what they're going to be. They're going to be like chaff, which the wind driveth away. Right, so... I always wondered what chaff was, and, and then I began to roast my own coffee. You know, I'm telling you, um, I'm, I'm just a nut, man. I, I like, I like, I love coffee, so I began to, to roast my own coffee. It's kind of weird, but I do it. And uh, thing about coffee is, is that there's, whenever you roast, uh, it's actually, it's not a bean, it's actually a seed. So coffee, let me, I'm going to educate you guys today. Coffee is actually a, uh, like. A cousin with the cherry, like the coffee bean or the the coffee berry, and so what we drink is actually a seed from this berry that looks kind of like a cherry. I'm about to start wrapping up here, and anyways, when you roast this the seed, it, it, its outer layer is called the chaff. The chaff's not good for anything, you know. It's just a protective layer on it. It weighs nothing. There's no substance to no substance to it. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about chaff. They're like chaff, man. There's no, they have no substance. They're just out, it's just worthless. No one drinks the chaff. Man, we want the good stuff. We want the thing with substance. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment. Man, they have nothing to stand upon. They're chaff. Everything that they built their life upon, it just blows away in the wind. The ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Man, because after the roast is over, you know what we, you know what I do with the chaff? I dump it in the trash because it's not good for anything. It has no weight or substance. Much like the world has nothing to stand on. They have no truth. They have nothing to stand on and they're driven away by whatever new truth comes to light. See, we have, we have an absolute truth. I have a final authority in my life. I have something that I can build my life upon. I don't have to wonder if what I'm doing is right or wrong. I don't have to question. I don't have to, I don't have to lay in bed at night and wonder if I'm doing the right thing. Because God has made it clear in His Word. And as you become more familiar with the book, God gives you more assurance of the certainty of the words of truth. Right? Because here's what happens to the world. Any political blurb or media fixation will change their mind, man. When I was a kid, the things that were going on then are 180 degrees different than what's going on today. What was wrong then is now right. And what was right then is now wrong. 
They have nothing to stand on. It's like chaff. There's new truth every day. What's the new, what's the new saying? Man, follow what what is it? Uh, follow your own truth. What what do you, what do people say today? Follow your heart. Man, what was that song? Uh, listen to your heart. You know what the Bible says about your heart? It's deceitful. Man, it's wicked. Do not follow your heart. That's what, that's foolishness. It's like it's like chaff, man. Well, I heard this this thing, man. Is that your truth, man? You do your truth, man. My truth will lead me to hell. Don't don't follow your truth. Follow the truth of the book, man. The result of this is having no ground to stand upon. Their foundation is falling apart at the seams. This idea of a crumbling uh, foundation, man, it reminds me of a song, man. You know, the wise man built his house upon the rock. And what did the foolish man do? He built his house upon what? The sand. Right? You know the story. Luke 6. You guys didn't know that uh, your, your youth pastor was, uh, was famous. The book of the Bible is named after him, man. It's pretty cool. Verse, verse 46. And why... Call me, uh, why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Man, what a question. What a question. Why do you call him Lord if you're not going to do what he says? Don't call him Lord if you're not going to do it. Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. And so, Jesus, man, what, what's going on here is he just got through preaching the Sermon of Sermons, man. Sermon on the Mount. He's, t- he's preaching. He's preaching to the Jews here, and and and, uh, and he's telling them, "Listen, this is what it's like." Uh, verse forty-eight. He is like a, if you listen to what I say, and you do it. He's like a man which built his house, and dig deep, and laid the foundation on a rock. Who's the rock? Who's the rock? It's Jesus, right? Only Jesus, right? Like, come on now, it's Jesus. And when the floods arose, when life beats down upon you, the streams beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it is founded upon a rock, the Word of God. When we begin to take the Word of God and we begin to believe it and we begin to to delight in and meditate on it, man, it's like we're building our house deep down Man, our root system is going deep. We're like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Man, we just had a storm come through our uh, our town. Man, if you've, my truck is the one like right up there by you know as you drive in, and it's got like a massive dent in the side of it. Man, because some trees were falling over because of this crazy storm that came through. But do you know how many of the trees that got uprooted that were by by the creek? Zero. There's a ton, there's some trees, man. They're probably as big around as, you know, from here to here. You know, like probably two or three hundred year old trees that were uprooted in this storm. It was a really powerful storm. But man, the Bible tells us if if we would just delight in and meditate on the Word, we're so firmly rooted that whenever the storm comes, we're going to stay because we built our house upon a rock. Verse forty nine. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built an house upon the earth. Man, it's like the chaff against which the streams did vehement, beat vehemently and immediately it fell. And the ruin of the house was great. Man, it could have been the nicest house in the world. But if there was no foundation, there was no substance to it, it's just going to evaporate. You could have, You could be the most... Uh, the, the wealthiest individual on the planet. You have the most fame and the most fortune ever. But if you're, but if you're, what, you're, you're living your life for vain things, man, it's gonna, it's gonna fall apart. There's no point to it. Anyways, man, I, that's just my desire for you guys. This is the fuel that we need today. We've looked at how delighting in the Word of God is the fuel for the Christian, for the enduring Christian. 
we saw that if we are to be happy, if we're to be blessed, man, then we must forsake the world. We saw that to be blessed, we should follow the Word of God. We should delight in and meditate on the book. And finally, we looked at the result of following the world, man. It leads to destruction. And if you know the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm not talking about an eternal destruction. I'm talking about your life is going to be... It's just going to be in shambles if you decide to live it for yourself and, and, to, and to disobey what God has, has clearly showed us. So, Lord, uh, we come before you today. Um, and it's really simple. It's not complicated. If we would just get full of faith and take you at your word and fall in love with you, Lord, through, man, through a deep relationship with you that you want to have, God, through through reading your word and, and through fellowshipping with the body of Christ and, and spending time with you daily in prayer, God, and man, it, our lives would be, man, be lives worth living, God. And so I pray that you would just be with these students, Lord, as you're dealing with them this week. God, you've already done a major work, but God, you're not done. You're still speaking to you're still speaking to us, Lord. I pray that we would just be men and women of simple faith, God, and that we would just get full of faith and do what you called us to do. God, we love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. But like Mason just said, there's going to be times in your Christian walk where you're going to want to completely give up. There's going to be times where you're running out of fuel and you got nobody around you that's serving Jesus and the easiest solution would just be to stop. Because it's hard. It's hard at times to serve Jesus, to keep going and endure. So what was the solution? He just gave it to us. It's the Word of God. And it's not just reading the Word of God like it's homework. It's meditating on the Word of God. And so um, I can't help but think of in Jeremiah when he says, Life got so tough for me, I about completely gave up because I was getting so tired of being the only one. But it was God's Word that was burning in my heart and it was in my bones. And that's the fuel that kept me going. I'm just telling you guys, it's God's Word that's going to sustain you. You're going to hear from three of our students later on today who are going to share a testimony.